what comes to mind when you think of the term decentralized? Is it a crime-ridden world with suspicious activities happening all the time? Or is it a world where people are allowed to thrive and innovate, come up with business ideas that actually change the world and solutions that make things more efficient? Then you'll hear people talk about blockchain. This blockchain is the future of technology, not just in crypto, but in the world at large. Well, what does blockchain mean? Well, a blockchain is essentially a digital ledger of transactions that duplicates and distributes across an entire network of compute systems. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's essentially the payment infrastructure. When a process payments across multiple different cryptocurrencies in this case, the blockchain facilitates all of that being a payment infrastructure. The blockchain infrastructure enables you to both send and receive but also hold cryptocurrency. You've probably heard of NFTs or non-fungible tokens. Well, if you haven't, an NFT is something that is an asset, but it's linked to the blockchain. So if you have a wallet and you have a piece of digital art, an NFT from a marketplace like OpenSea or Foundation or any of these other NFT marketplaces, you can buy a piece of art and that will be owned in your digital wallet through the beauty of cryptography. Instead of you having to have a physical asset that if it gets damaged, well, your digital one never gets damaged, but also your digital one has this thing called utility. If you buy a piece of art from a digital collection, the owner, the person who made that art in the first place will get a royalty every time there is a secondary market transaction. So say you buy a piece of art for a hundred pounds and it's sold with a 7.5% royalty for every secondary market transaction. The seller gets £100 for the first sale, and if it's sold again for £1,000, there's a 7.5% cut. So they get £75. If it's sold for £10,000, it's £750, and so on. And every single time a piece of art is sold, the owner, the artist, the creator, would make money. And this enables communities that enjoy people's creations to support them rather than a one-time thing and the second buyer makes money selling to a big rich seller. Let's use an example of a famous artist like Andy Warhol. When Andy Warhol passed away his art became significantly more valuable because there was not likelihood of him making more but also his name seemed to have spread around. Now the important point here is that the people who owned his art weren't necessarily his estate or his family or his friends. They could have been people who bought his art when he wasn't so famous. Now, if they sell it for millions and millions of pounds or dollars or whatever, his family, his estate doesn't get a commission from that because it's physical art. But if it were an NFT, his own personal wallet, which they would probably have control over, would get a commission every time another transaction is made which means the artist's legacy remains and the artist benefits financially. And if the artist has worked so hard their whole life to create such beautiful masterpieces, it's only right that their family can also benefit if their art sells for millions and millions in auction, which is a beautiful concept. And this is only brought about by cryptography, the beauty of a blockchain element that connects to these NFTs these smart contracts that mean every single time that is transacted is automatic. That NFT, the value, the commission goes to the artist or the person who made the product. 
So you could have investments one day where people could get commissions for managing those investments automatically. It's not a thing of, oh, you opt in yes or no. As long as you own that asset, every time you transact or get investment returns or anything on it, it will always be taken away, the commission to the people who make or service that product that is backed by an NFT. Technology is evolving at a rate faster than ever before. At the current moment in time, you are able to invest in digital real estate through places like Sandbox and Decentraland. And the minimum price of a piece of land on a place like that right now is around nine, $10,000 when converted from Ethereum at around $4,240 right now a piece to US dollars. So digital real estate and digital art as investments at the current moment in time, you can also get into Music NFTs, a lot of musicians have now started. It's very early, Tory Lanez released an ENFT, a million copies at a dollar a piece, and they sold out in just 57 seconds. The artist Tory Lanez raised a million dollars. But the thing is, when you put a million of those songs that are only available to people who own the NFT, and it has an image, or it could be a music video that is with the song, but you can't view it on YouTube, you can't view it on Spotify or anywhere like that, well, the problem is when you issue too many, it doesn't become scarce. There's probably one, two, three million people who are willing to pay for that. So if you issue one for everybody, it's unlikely that the value would increase and there'll be probably so many people that wanna sell them, they'll probably never sell for maybe a few dollars more than what they are now. Actually, if you wanna buy one of those ENFTs that Tory Lanez put out, it's at $2.50 and there's tens, maybe hundreds, I believe, the last time I looked that aren't selling because if the creator was thinking about the community, both could have made a whole lot more money. But still, even by only thinking about how he can make money from it, Tory Lane still made a million dollars. So think of it, if you can evolve this concept of dropping music NFTs, your community can also start becoming collectors. People will be incentivized to listen to your music, come to your tours, promote you as an artist, live and breathe the brand. The same way when Starbucks did an IPO, they gave around 40% of their shares to their customers. Why? Because people would buy their shares, they'd go and become long-term users and are incentivized for the brand to grow. What can we learn from this? The most successful artists that get involved with NFT projects and specifically music NFT projects are gonna be the ones that focus on community and utility. What does that mean? involve your community, put their interests first, and you'll make a whole lot more money than you did before. And now what is utility? What are the perks that come with owning that music NFT? Do you get a concert pass? Do you get backstage tickets? Do you get a video call with the artist if you have the most expensive one? Or the opportunity to fly out if you pay a million or have lunch or all that? Those small things that you'd normally have as a little contest can become a huge addition of revenue to the artist, but also a way where the community really wants to get involved, especially for the bigger artists like The Weeknd, or even smaller artists too. Now I think music NFTs are gonna be a huge trend. Tory Lanez was probably one of the first artists to try this. Now once he's made a million in a minute, everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon. And just like with digital art, 99% or the majority, the vast majority of these projects are going to be worthless, but the ones that work should set the standard for the rest of the industry. 
So with NFTs, for example, Gary Vaynerchuk launched VFriends, focusing on utility. Gary Vaynerchuk dropped them, and I think one or two Ethereum apiece, and now they've gone all the way to eight Ethereum as the minimum floor, and some are selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why? Well, the point was focus on the community, rather than focusing on making money, because now that you focus on the community, you can actually make a whole lot more money than you ever had made before. NFTs can be applied to a lot of things. If you've ever heard of crypto play to earn games, for example, Axie Infinity, players to begin this game will have to buy themselves an Axie, which is an NFT, but it's a character that you can breed yourself through battling with other people's characters, other people's NFTs. It's a game, but as you grow these characters, you can actually earn money. Now that money you earn can actually be substituted for an income in some of the less privileged countries in the world. So a lot of players who are making around 2000 US dollars a month on Axie Infinity are from Venezuela and Vietnam, which are countries where if you're making that kind of money, not only are you well off, but you're seriously comfortable. You don't see many people making 2000 US dollars a month in Venezuela of all countries in the world with extreme inflation. But the beauty of this whole metaverse is opportunity is not based off which country you're in or regulatory nature. If you are good at something and you work hard on something, you can create an opportunity for yourself. Probably after hearing about Axie Infinity, you'd be thinking, clearly they don't make money. It might just be a one-off fad. What Axie Infinity makes in excess of 100 million US dollars revenue a month, and it recently did a 300 million dollar or so round to raise money at a valuation of 3.6 billion US dollars. And Axie is just one of the first in the space. It's very early on. It might not be the most high quality of these games, these crypto play to earn games, versus what we'll see in many years time. We might see interactive games like Minecraft, for example, back in the day, we used to be able to build certain structures or play survival mode with your friends and fight against these zombies or whatever in a block-based universe. What if every item or every bit of land you own was digital? Well, through the things we've talked about in this podcast so far, that is already in the process of happening. Whilst there are so many beautiful concepts we could talk about to do with the metaverse, cryptography, the blockchain, all these beautiful terms, I think the important thing to focus on right now and moving forward is how to raise money if you had a business, a product, a service, an idea. The value of utility doesn't just extend to NFTs and supporting creators, but you could have a way where you'd issue these tokens and they're backed by NFTs and they entitle your shareholders, people who buy those tokens, to a future profit share or a future stake given a certain milestone is hit or an airdrop of tokens, a way to make money. You can give back to your community in the most creative of ways possible. You can create wealth for other people from all across the world, whether in a third world country or a first world country, people who are coming together to support an idea. Now, there are going to be a lot of businesses doing this, and that certainly will be the most beautiful thing that comes out of this transition into the metaverse or these Web3-esque projects. And I'm certainly looking forward to that. I like to see the innovative ways in which companies raise money 
in a way where it isn't dilutive financing like it is in the capital markets world a lot of the time, where you're only giving access to big investors. There's a lot being done in the world right now where you're able to, to have access as a normal, ordinary investor to raises done by companies, which is great. It's starting to change. But the changes made in the quote-unquote ordinary world are actually very impressive. But the technology is being used to develop this thing called Web 3.0 are at the very minimum going to enhance the benefits to our society. Not all projects are going to work out. For example, you've got DAOs, Decentralized Autonomous Organizations, a controversial way of which you can raise money for a business using tokens. But the problem is you don't have consistent decision making. You could have management thrown out because of a vote, because every decision, whether it's one small expenditure or a huge one, is made by everyone. And the problem is some people are qualified to make certain decisions and some aren't. Whilst it's great that everyone has the right to, if the power gets in the wrong hands, you could have people making seriously dangerous decisions. I personally wouldn't be comfortable with investing in a project where someone is a CFO but doesn't have CFO experience, or someone is an accountant but isn't actually a registered accountant. They just got in because they managed to move the community in the right way, and the person who was thrown out was potentially a responsible accountant or CFO or an executive. Because at the end of the day, these are just titles. If you're a good person and you care about your community, which includes your shareholders, which includes the people that supported you, your neighbors, and growing up, people who taught you things, your teachers, anything from an executive assistant in a company to a CEO should have no difference. Everyone should be treated equally because everybody is a part of that team. And if you want to win with your team, you have to treat your team well and incentivize them to benefit when you win as well. Even though I haven't made a podcast in quite a while, I think it was very important to make this now because we are transitioning into this web 3.0 environment not only as technology smarter and more efficient than it ever has been before it can go many times over what we've seen in the last 10 years last couple of years even now i think the biggest winners in terms of investment trends moving forward are going to be the ones that allocate capital into web 3.0 projects now facebook was the first mover to shed light upon this. And ever since Facebook changed their name to Meta, everyone's been saying, oh, Metaverse, immersive experiences. But the Metaverse isn't virtual reality and an Oculus Rift. That was from years ago. And it never even kicked off to the degree that people thought it was going to do. The Web 3.0 concept is more powerful than anything we're hearing in the mainstream news. It's efficient, it's immersive, it's gamified. I'd be seriously surprised if Web 3.0 centered companies are not the biggest in the world. Facebook doesn't count, in my opinion. Facebook's just renamed Meta. It's had these other projects for a while, but it had a dying social media platform like Facebook. But it was lucky to have acquired Instagram and WhatsApp, some of the best and most highly engaged social media platforms. But the ones that look to innovate in the area of Web 3.0 enhance and embrace 
the ideas of cryptography are the ones that are going to win. And I certainly am looking forward to seeing what happens.